It's the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And in today's world, it's all about the small businesses, right? And if anyone knows about our local businesses, it's Bank of America. It's reassuring to know that you don't have to know everything because with a network like theirs, there's always someone who can help. Now the big question is, what would you like the power to do? Check out your local Bank of America or bankofamerica.com to find out more. From the USHCC, this is In Her Footsteps, where we bring you conversations with dynamic Latina business owners who are helping drive the American economy and creating change in their local communities. In Her Footsteps is generously supported by Bank of America. I'm your host, Elizabeth Allard. For this episode, I'm sitting down with Angelica Garcia, President and CEO of AIM Global Logistics, an international shipping and freight logistics company. Thank you for joining me today, Angelica. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice being here. Appreciate it. We're so happy to have you on our podcast today. If you could start off telling us just a little bit about AIM Global Logistics and kind of your path to becoming an entrepreneur. Yes. Um, so I actually started the company. Well, I've been in... Uh, the industry since 2003, mm-hmm. but uh, I started working for other companies uh, here in the U.S. Uh, 2009 is when I actually took that leap of faith and single mom, $500 credit card, and uh, again, a leap of faith. Um, uh, so I started my company um, and wow. started, started it non-asset based logistics. I Prior to op- uh, opening up my company, I did work for a company from Venezuela who mm-hmm. did a lot of ocean and air business so she actually taught me the ropes okay uh, so you had a background in logistics before you started your own company in, in 2009 yes somewhat mm-hmm. yes oh great but didn't know how scary it was going to be to start your business <laughs> <laughs> what do you think really spurred you in 2009 to be like I want to start my own business I want to be my own boss I'm ready to take this next step yeah so being a single mom, my daughter, uh, four and two, and my daughter, Isabel, four at the time, and my son, Hamilton, too, mm-hmm. um, they just, uh, I was at, a, you know, I worked for corporate America. I was in banking. Uh, so it was one of those things where I felt when they got sick, I was guilty being at work when they were sick at home. Or then when I would be at home with them, I would feel guilty being at home. And, and just being able to set my own schedule and do my, you know, just be there as a mom is was very, very important for me. But the, uh, also the ability to... Uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. I've had it since I was young. I started selling snow cones at a very young age, making tamales, making tacos. So anything that I needed to do to provide, I've always loved, you know, making something for 50 cents and selling it for a dollar. So... uh, Gotta get that profit margin, right? (laughs) So that's always been something that... I aspired to do, but mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be making tacos and having a rush. I never thought I was going to be moving rigs and turbines and logistics and, and, you know, doing what I do now for sure. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely in a male-dominated industry. Does that kind of affect how you're running your business, being a female in an industry like that? Uh, my grandpa taught me very young, Quereres poder, and you, I put my pants on the same way they do. So <laughs> uh, I try not to let that. Yeah, it is a very male-dominated industry, but I, I've... Uh, Growing up, I was a tomboy, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, I've always, I would prefer playing with trucks and, you know, hanging out with the boys and playing with dolls and so forth, so I've, uh, I've really have enjoyed, uh, I, you know, I work well with both, of course, but mm-hmm. I've, uh, when I'm, uh, you know, in the different, when in, especially in Mexico, it's very, very male-dominated in the industry, so it's, makes it challenging sometimes, but once they hear who you are, because at the end of the day, yes, I'm a woman, yes, I'm Latina, but at the end of the day, is do you know what you're doing? And I think that goes a lot further, integrity, knowing what you're doing, what you're passionate about. I think that's what goes further than just, you know, by looking in the mirror. So uh, just keeping up with, 
you know, the global times, the economies, the different cultures, uh, the different restrictions. Uh, you know, right now we used to do a lot to Venezuela. Right now we just can't do as much to Venezuela because of, you know, what's going on right now in Venezuela. But um, the challenges range every day is a different monster so one day i'm moving up you know one pound box you know to a school district for, like for you know government projects and then the next thing you know i'm moving turbines and generators into mexico for el cfa you know providing power into mexico and they're huge six hundred fifty thousand pound pieces so um so i mean it's it's just a challenge uh every day um and just you know and being able to continuing for sustaining right now my point in my business is sustain sustaining the company you know access to capital has mm -hmm. been a challenge i've been i've done really well with access to contracts uh, but just it's the access to capital and just the different challenges that we face as entrepreneurs with cash flow and so forth in the growth stages what would you say your biggest challenge with access to capital is because you're saying that you can get contracts but capital is obviously a really important part of growing your business what's your biggest hurdle there and how do you think other business owners like yourself can smartly navigate the capital market um is you have timing is everything for me so i know that initially i started with a 500 hundred dollar credit card and you know i my credit wasn't that great mm -hmm. so i organically grew so yeah you know the banks aren't going to look at you the first two years so you got to it's grit and and talking with your customers and your suppliers working the cash flow situation out but after you've proven yourself and you've done your two years you need to start becoming bankable so you need to start making sure you know your numbers you know how are you going to work continue hiring the right people to work on the business and not in the business to continue to grow but um i've done everything from uh factoring in my company uh you know some lines and loans my credit line now has increased from 500 to 150,000 so it, but it's but it's proving yourself you know getting the lines of credit and being bankable and going to the banks when you don't need them because when you need them they're really not there to lend and help out at the time so uh what i'm doing now and uh is i am going through the sba process so i'm praying that everything goes well with sba lending to continue to grow and because uh, right now what i'm doing i have over 100 trucks and trailers so I haul uh, sand in the Permian Basin in Eagleford. I haul frac sand, and I'm also hauling uh, refrigerated items uh, through the 48 states. So I haul mm -hmm. chicken and beef and all that good stuff, aside being an oil field. Wow, you have a really diverse portfolio. What do you think would be your advice to other business owners like yourself who are looking to diversify their company? You started out with just AIM Global Logistics, but it's grown into being so much more. Mm -hmm. AIM Over the Road, AIM Transportation, AIM Global Financial, AIM mm -hmm. Energy Chemicals. What do you think is important when a business owner is trying to take that next step like you did? How do you know when you're ready to expand? So my degree is, my, is, is economics, you know, you know, economics and business finance. So one of the things that I learned early on in my banking career, because mm -hmm. I was in banking prior to coming into this crazy industry of trucking and logistics and, you know, moving everything from A to Z, whether it's trucking, ocean, air, rail, or warehousing. Mm -hmm. So being able to offer all modes of transportation worldwide. Uh, so uh, I, I ended up becoming asset-based because your customers want some skin in the game. I, I, you know, I was brokering it out to other people that had assets and skin under the game, but I had to eventually, about four years ago, I started buying trucks and started, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, using the assets first, but still backing my, comp my trucks up with the brokerage division and everything. But one of the most important things that I learned in banking and going to college was, hey, you really can't put egg all your eggs in one basket. 
and you really need to diversify. In banking, even underwriters, they don't like you to be strictly in one sector of the economy. So back in the day, I was very heavily oil field. And then when the bottom dropped in the oil field division, I was, I, I, you know, I went through some really, really hard times in my business because I was so heavily saturated moving oil rigs. We were featured in Forbes mm -hmm. in 2014 for moving 18 rigs uh, from the U.S. into Mexico. But when the bottom dropped in the market, what do I do now? You know, so I started saying, okay, I need to start doing things in my business. So start hauling automotive, start hauling, uh, you know, green, so turbines, you know, uh, wind, uh, solar. Uh, and then I said, okay, the day we all stop eating chicken, uh, eating uh, beef and drinking beer, then we're all in trouble, you know? So, <laughs> uh, so I started haul, I started getting into the reefer division, refrigerated division, uh, where I haul, you know, temperature controlled items all across the 48 states, Canada and Mexico. So I really truly had to look at diversifying that and, uh, and continuing uh, looking for different markets, different industries to continue the business. That's some really smart advice. I think, you know, you were right when you were talking just about having just oil. And then when that fell through, then you had to think about mm -hmm. another industry that you could broaden into. And that's something we're really trying to share with our listeners is that, you know, while you may be really good at one thing, you can think about how that translates into other aspects mm -hmm. of your industry that you can expand into. Mm -hmm. uh, so before you were talking about the SBA, um, you know, and getting some grants or capital through them, uh, and your companies are also women business enterprises and minority business enterprises, both certified. What do you think the benefit is to having those certifications? If you're a business owner, what is the benefit to going through that process to become certified? Mm -hmm. So I went to this, so I started my business in 2009. Uh, I started the certification process in 2010. And as I opened up companies, I certified each one. But I think it's very important because being, uh, I know that whenever I went to a couple of conferences when I wasn't certified mm -hmm. and working for non-minority or non-woman companies before I opened up my company, I would go to the OTC conference in Houston. I would go to the Breakbolt conference. And one day I had an oil and gas company, Exxon, put me to the side and said, Angelica, um, is there any way you can open up your own company? You know what you're doing. Why don't you open and get certified? And I really didn't know at the time what that meant because thousands of people line up to come do business with Exxon or BP or Shell. But we need we, we also have to support supplier diversity. We're 20 something percent of our business has to go to supplier diversity. So when that's when I really started thinking and praying about it, and that's when I opened my company. So one of the goals was when I opened my company is to become certified right away. But I thought that once you became certified in 2010, I was going to get a contract the next day. So I got it. I went to Exxon that next day. Okay, here, give me a contract. It does, that's it doesn't the work like that. expectation of a lot of business It does not work owners. like that. You have to not only get that, but then you have to prove yourself. I didn't get my first oil and gas, my first big contract. I was doing a lot of second tier and third tier work, mm -hmm. but I didn't get my first contract with the big oil and gas companies until 2014. So it took a while, and but it's 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 showing up. It's uh, you know having a booth. You know they want to see that you're out there and you're going to be able to support the contracts. You know because you financially you have to be sound and you have to know what you're doing in order to be able to uh, support those kind of contracts. But I think that uh, being a certified minority uh, woman-owned business has helped me get shortlisted on contracts. Uh, still, you know you know oranges. You know comparing oranges to oranges, mm -hmm. apples to apples. Uh, it just helps, uh, you know, trying to get your foot in the door, but it's, nothing's guaranteed. 
So it's just the it's the first step in a long process of getting yourself in front of those corporates to be able to get those contracts that you want to have with them. And one of the things that's helped me because sometimes being in, in your in your business it gets lonely. You know, mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent owner. Ten percent of my profits does go to ministry, but it does get lonely being uh, in my an entrepreneur so it's amazing and what I love about being at WeBank and the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and HMSDC what I love more about that is the empowerment the being able to be with other like-minded entrepreneurs and that can help support each other because you know we have ups and downs in business so be able to walk alongside hand in hand with some of the entrepreneurs really has helped me in my business to be able to grow and and get out of the, you know, sometimes there's there's mornings I don't want to get up. But then you hear, you have a fellow woman, you know, entrepreneur, a friend of mine says, Angelica, you know, even Teresa's like, Angelica, levantate, get up. You're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. You know, things, you know, so it's, it's, it's nice to have those words of encouragement in business. Yeah, that community is so important. And we see that a lot with our business owners here at the USHCC, that they really have formed this community together. Um, and, you know, the statistics are out there that Hispanics start businesses at a faster rate than any minority in this country. That in general, they start a business at a rate of three to one. And Latinas specifically start businesses at a rate of five to one. What do you think is the background of that entrepreneurial spirit amongst Latinas in this country? I would say that, you know, just things are changing, you know, we're, you know, times are changing, you know, you're seeing more, more women, you know, not enough, but you're seeing more women on, you know, at CEO and higher level, C-level positions in companies, you're seeing women actually running for, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, in different political realms and different uh, positions uh, to help uh, make a difference. So you're just seeing women uh, just uh, you know, very like-minded. Just, and, but we're still trying to stress with with women uh, that you know the equality because mm-hmm. that's still an issue. You know, still there's, there's still right now we're not getting paid the same, we're not getting treated the same. But it's something that we have to continue to work together to, and and to to be able to see that the woman is actually out there opening up businesses. There's a there's a need. There's you know be, being the mom, being the daughter, and just having that that spirit of, you know, hey, adelante, let's, move, let's continue to move forward, let's continue to be better and do better for our families and for ourselves. So you mentioned before that, you know, you started your business when you were a single mom with two young children. How do you think that being a mom has affected your leadership style for running your companies? Or do you think it didn't affect it at all? No, it's definitely one of uh, my passions and my whys, for sure. Um, you know, as a parent, you always want to do the best and give your best to your children. And uh, being able to teach them, uh, you know, it, it's been a sacrifice for them as well. Because, uh, you know, with the travels and having your own company and business. But they've been truly, they're one of my whys and one of my passions on why I'm, I am in business. Uh, till this day, I'm, uh, you know, right now Isabel's at, you know, 20, Texas Tech, going to Lubbock. Uh, Hamilton's, uh, you know, becoming, an, she, he wants to be an engineer going to UNT. And I now have a two-year-old. Oh my so gosh. I have a 20, 18 year old and a two year old. So it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely provided. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also to provide flexibility so I can be a mom and be there for my kids. And it's been very important for me to uh, be able to do that and provide that for them. That's great. It's really good to have uh, inspirational figures like yourself showing that women can both have children and start their own company because. 
I think that for a lot of women, that can be a big barrier. You mentioned before talking about, you know, that guilt when you're at the office, but maybe you should be at home and that kind of... Um, struggle. Yeah, that struggle <laughs> that I think is unique to women in the workforce. Um, mm. And, I mean, do you agree? Do you think that that's kind of more unique to women and that might be something that perhaps holds women back a little bit when they're yeah, thinking I, about starting their own company or maybe taking themselves to the next level? Yeah, that or just... The idea of just uh, maybe sometimes it's if you're scared of your dreams, you know, you're not dreaming big enough. That's what they say. So it's mm-hmm. maybe you, you, it is taking that leap of faith because it is it's it, you know, it's there's a you know, you have to have a business plan. So there's certain things that you have to have in place. When I talk to other women that want to do this, I ask them, OK, do you have this? Do you have that? And and the financial the or knowing that you're going to have to organically grow and put your own a lot of your skin in the game or mm-hmm. savings or it's you know, it's it's very uh, it can be scary. So I can understand why some people do it, and uh, but once you do it, I think the rewards are greater than the risk. You know, when you do it, of course, with with a lot of heart and querer es poder. You know, just that <laughs> don't give up kind of mentality. Definitely. Before you mentioned that you own your own company 100%, but you give 10% of your profits to charity. What motivated you to set aside some of your hard-earned money there um, for local community groups mm-hmm. and charities in your community? Well, before um, before I started my company, when I was working for uh, other companies, I always uh, I, I love to do volunteer work and give back because mm-hmm. you know, supposedly you think you're going to go out there and help uh, you know at orphanages or build medical trips or whatever you're doing. You feel like you're going to oh you're but what you get back in return into to, to you know what what God does for you can just totally outgive what you're doing to the community. So one of the things that I Again, my passion, my why, why I opened up the company is um, I knew I needed a partner, so I wanted. Uh, I am faith based. I do. I am building a great business for a greater purpose, mm-hmm. and I, of course, love making money. Revenues are important, but providing jobs is even more important. But impacting community, so I think that you know it's very important that we all help each other. Right now, we have Aim Family Ministries, and currently, although we do help on a local, national, and global level, right now we're doing a lot. We helped a lot with Harvey here in Houston, so we brought in a lot of donations. There's a lot we did for the community here, um, but they, they've also sought us, AIM Family Ministries, to uh, take a lot of food, diapers, and medicine to Venezuela. So right now we are uh, one of the biggest here in Houston uh, ministries that is helping Venezuela because there's a lot. It's a huge Venezuelan community here in Houston. Oh, I did not know that, mm-hmm. but that's a nice combination between, you know, your business where it's logistics and transporting things and being able to combine that together mm-hmm. with your charitable mission there. So obviously that motivates you a lot, but who inspires you either professionally or just creatively or what's kind of a driving force behind you as a business owner? Uh, first and foremost is God, you know, my faith. Uh, I have to pray every day because it's like I said this is not a easy thing and also being a single parent is not easy so my my uh, faith is very important something that my grandma and our grandparents especially being Latina have instilled with us since we were before we were born uh, to it is my children and my family I'm very close I'm the oldest of four and I have my parents and so I definitely would uh, contribute uh, me being who I am today and uh, because of my dad and my uncle my uncle owns funeral homes in Dallas and my dad is just one of the hardest most noble men I've ever met and my uncle used to actually be a uh, previous chair for the US Hispanic Chamber of Commerce oh wow what yeah. a small world <laughs> back in the 80s so he was he was a chair for the US Hispanic Chamber 
Um, so he, there were people that I've looked up to, uh, but, uh, you know, something else, so others that inspire me of, you know, community leaders and other women entrepreneurs, other uh, business owners, uh, like-minded, and of course, uh, my team, my, the people that work with me and, for, you know, I'd rather say work with me, they're my team, they're my family, than for me, because uh, they are the true backbone of the company and why we do what we do. How do you think that you inspire your employees? Loving on them, cooking for them. I try to cook for them on Fridays. I love to cook. Oh uh, wow, really? Can you know, come making over? sure that <laughs> making sure that they have you know benefits and you know give them time off. I mean, there's I have some single moms in the in at the company just and understanding where they come from and just being there and being supportive. I think that when you treat others the way you want to be treated, it's amazing on how productivity goes up. And uh, you know, uh, I also. What I'm uh, doing for the for the staff and uh, putting it out actually this year is I actually want to the company wants to pay for a week time off to volunteer wherever they want and it's going to be paid time uh, aside their PTO time so I want to That's be, a generous I wanna, benefit so be able for them to go give back as well because mm -hmm. it's super important uh, not you know because I think it's super important for them and it's amazing what what can happen in return when you do that. So since you do so much with your faith-based thing, do you do volunteering as a company together too? You just mentioned giving them time off, but do you put like charity into the ethos of your company too? It's it's always of course it's never enough, but because of time and mm -hmm. uh, but we did we did that as a group uh, uh, with Harvey. Uh, you know we were impacted here in Houston greatly, so we all contributed and all you know we had a barbecue. We used actually our place in Katy. We opened up our doors for the whole community. To, uh, to be able to acknowledge first responders. We had different corporate organizations come over and they donated either beer or food or, um, you know, so it was, a, it was open to the family, open to the community. And uh, we were able to all come together and be able to give back and be there for, for our community uh, during these hard times that we went through. That's really good. We always like to see our companies giving back to the community that they're in, especially with situations like Hurricane Harvey where mm -hmm. you can't really predict when they're going to happen. Yeah, it's terrible. So for our last part of our conversation, I want to talk about some advice and learning experiences that our listeners could gain some useful insights from. What do you think was your biggest mistake that you made early on in your career, and what would you do differently now? I would say um, early on was, and it, it, and it's, it affects, uh, it's some people can do it really well. I just didn't do well was hiring family. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that for some people it works, but I really, uh, um, it's just, it's really hard because then if you, when the non-family members think that there's favoritism and it starts to cause divisions. And I just, maybe me personally, I just didn't do a good job of handling and putting things fairly so one of the things was that and I think they call that nepotism so when you actually <laughs> hire family within your organization but again some people do it really well I just was not able to do it and it did affect my family it took a, years for me to get that back uh, another thing was uh, you know not doing the right uh, background or you know credit checks or so forth for employees uh, I had some uh, employees that really uh, you know just hiring the it's very important to hire the right people in your company and being able to um, to do that and have the right team is super, super important because you hire that one person and then everything, and you have to start Has over. A it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's, it, it, you know, that, so I've learned that. 
Um, what kind of tools would you use to be able to hire the right people or do background checks or something like that? If you were just starting out, where would you go if you were looking for those resources to make sure that you were hiring the right people? I mean, there's there's tons of uh, companies right now, even like Teresa Lawrence's company. There's tons mm-hmm. of companies out there that can, uh, you know, help you with the HR part. If you don't have an HR internally in your company, it's you know, there's so many out there and so many great ones out there that you can outsource that will do all the vetting. Right now we hire drivers and I have I have a company that actually vets and onboards all my drivers. We have to do the drug screens, we have to do the background checks, we have to check their driving history and jobs. So I mean, I do pay for those services uh, to now that anyone that comes on board, we have to do all those types of screenings prior to coming on board. And then once they're on board, it's super important that we stay compliant, that we stay safe. And we have to do continuing education, not only to our drivers, but to leaders, even to myself. I mean, mm-hmm. it's super important that we continue to grow and learn uh, because I always tell my team and my upper management, I'm the CEO, I'm the owner, but I'm definitely not perfect. You know, I make mistakes and I too, if I'm asking you to get training, believe me, I'll be there with you getting the same kind of training. And you know, I, it's, it, for me, it's just good to stay, don't forget your roots. And stay humble in what you do. I think it's super important, and it goes a long way when trying to do business. Because at the end of the day, people want to do business or work, or be a supplier, or uh, work for me, or work alongside with me if, with people that they know, believe, and trust. So it's very important in in business and any business transaction to be able to or relationship that you're able to build that with with people. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Do you have any last final advice for our listeners if they're looking to make that next step and they're sitting there thinking, maybe I want to start my own business? What is one thing that you would tell them? Well, many things. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, querer es poder, to want is to have. You know, I, I always say if you're not scared of uh, your dreams, you're not dreaming big enough. Learn as many languages as you can. Get as much education as you can because it's competitive out there. Um, along that, just do things with heart. I mean, pray about anything that you do first but I mean if if you have the path you can know your passion and your why then use your education to do the business proposals and do everything that you need to to get ready and set up then I think and then you have that dream I think that there's so much that anyone can do because uh, we all have rough times in life where you know we've I've gone through divorces I've gone through deaths I've you know families had cancer so things happen I've been cheated on uh, both and personally been cheated on and been cheated on in the business um, and you have to get right back up put your bootstraps on and you know and let's go and move on um, and it's just super important that we lean on each other to continue to you know, and focus on that dream focus on your passion focus on your whys and again that's why it's very important to know what that is because there's going to be days when you just do not want to get up That's true. Do things with your heart. That's some great advice for our listeners. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Angelica. It was such a pleasure to have you on In Her Footsteps. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of In Her Footsteps. Don't forget to like and subscribe to In Her Footsteps wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and share our episodes on your social media. In Her Footsteps is produced by Michael Saltz. You can find more episodes wherever podcasts are available or at ushcc.com backslash In Her Footsteps. Special thanks to Bank of America who sponsors the In Her Footsteps initiative at the USHCC.